Hey there, we're the Westlaw Pirates and welcome to the show. We're here to share our thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports with thoughts and analysis from the visceral to the statistical. We run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John Lacombe. And I'm Eric Skoskowspo. Well, it is signing day. Uh, the, I guess the second signing day. And we are... Real signing day? <laughs> what, what is real signing? Like, I don't know. It feels like the first this is, one is... This is the realest signing day Northwestern's had in a while. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, but you know, we, we found people online on Twitter that, that are just diehard fans. And uh, uh, we have a very special guest tonight. Um, he runs the NUFB recruiting Twitter handle. Uh, Coach... Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, really appreciate your time. Uh, if you don't follow him at NUFB Recruiting, um, thanks so much for coming on tonight. Yeah, you're, you're missing out on on <laughs> one of the um, one of the most well connected and and uh, vocal voices for for Northwestern recruiting on on uh, on Twitter. Well, it's, it's a pleasure, guys. I really uh, enjoy being here. It, it, it should be a national holiday. Like you said, it's changed a little bit, you know, with the early signing date. But uh, that first Wednesday in February, for as long as I can remember, has is, is always been, uh, you know, a lot of anticipation. So, uh, you know, and it's really exciting to have a day like today when there was a little bit of drama. You know, we don't usually see that with Northwestern. And unfortunately, the drama that we've seen in the past, you know, was uh, losing a recruit. So to, 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 to snag a couple today was just uh, just fantastic. Yeah, we're we were talking about the the you've you're definitely one of the pillars of the NU you know, football online community, especially when it comes to recruiting, um, you know, up there with Louis Vacare, friend of the pod who we've had sure, on before, sure. um, you know, you're someone. And again, it's like, we're going by coach. Um, obviously like anyone's like, you know, this, this isn't Craig T Nelson, like your name's not actually coach, but they're, but you know, and we get it. It's like people who have big online presences, like identity is, is a thing. And we, and we totally get it. We understand it. And, and, um, but you know, for, for anyone wondering, anyone who doesn't already know, and if you don't know, you know, you should find out really quickly, but, um, you are someone with real expertise in recruiting, um, that goes back a long way. And you're, like we said, a a real visible part and your, your Twitter feed is essential to anyone who who wants to follow (laughs) this stuff. Um, and uh yeah so with with all that said i you know i guess we're we're kind of curious how you i don't know like your how the past couple of years you know have have been for you or or what the general arc of northwestern recruiting and and how that slots into what you saw this year and 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 even today yeah i i think the one thing with with our recruiting is fits has such a a mold, you know, a type of player, a situation that he's looking for. Um, So I I think you'll see that. And, you know, he's not offering 280 different players like some of these other schools. You know, I I think they use that very, very much to their advantage that when you get an offer from Northwestern, it really means something, you know, whereas other schools, they're, they're handing out, you know, uh, offers like Oprah hands out cars, you know, it's just, uh, it's just, you know, there's no value to it. And I think that, 
you know, fans should understand that just because the offers aren't going out doesn't mean that the staff isn't recruiting. They're recruiting their asses off, you know, every day. Recruiting has changed so much. It's really literally, uh, you know, a 12-month, uh, you know, endeavor now. Um, you know, back in the day, recruiting was – you know, basically from early December and through February, you know, that was the real time when all the visits were taking place. And, and now everything has just changed and escalated and advanced and, um, you know, moved up. So, um, you know, again, they have their prototype, they know what they're looking for. Um, and, but I think the idea now is that they're getting a little bit higher caliber of recruit. And, you know, I think that's very, very obvious by, you know, anybody that's following, um, you know, it, make sure that it's still a fit for Northwestern, but obviously be a better player, a better caliber. And, um, you know, they're hitting on some of their higher levels. And you can already look at the 2022 offers that are out. They're all literally five and four star prospects that they've already extended to. So, you know, and I think that is, is indicative of the rise in quality on the program. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that, that we've kind of talked about and, you know, kind of looking into this year is obviously so much of where this particular recruiting class, the 2021 class ended up um, people are, are coming right off of that and looking at the way Northwestern finished so strong in recruiting Incredible. right up through signing day. Um, and I think they're kind of forgetting that this class started on the backs of a really bad season. Yeah. And I think, you know, we were one and to your point about just the overall caliber of the program and the ability to, to give those um, those precious few spots that Northwestern right. gives out to a higher caliber of guy. I think we were looking at, at previous precedent, even within the Northwestern program and being like, look, you can look and be like, even if Northwestern strung together a couple of good seasons, when they put out a real clunker, the right. following recruiting class goes through the floor. And then right. right off the bat, this class was just hitting home runs left and right. And, you know, I remember – you know, Caleb Tiernan, we were kind of in shock being yeah. like, oh my gosh. And then since then it really built. So I, you know, right. I've got to think for someone from you, who's really been on Northwestern recruiting, yeah. you know, back to the nineties, you can really look at that upward trajectory. No doubt. No doubt. And you know, you, you mentioned Tiernan and I think that's the perfect lead into coach Anderson. I mean, what he's done and the, the level that he has, uh, you know, brought to the, to the recruiting staff, I think, you know, I think the other coaches see that. I think they see the quality, you know, don't underestimate Skaronsky. You know, that was, um, you know, unbelievable, you know, to get a player of that caliber, you know, a legit five-star instant impact and to be able to say, hey, a true freshman came in and he's doing it. And then to follow it up with guys like, you know, a Tiernan and a Josh Thompson, who, who's going to be a great player. So I, I think the, the one thing, again, about Northwestern is the evaluation. You know, I don't think they care that, you know, Thompson had three stars or four stars, you know, they found a guy that fit the mold and they went after him. The, the best way to evaluate a recruit is to put the tape in or put the film on and not say who it is, you know, just say, okay, we're looking at number 62. We're looking at number 77, right? We're not looking at a name. So that way you're going to make your evaluation based on what the film tells you, right? You're not evaluating on what other schools think, what, uh, you know, the Tom Lemmings of the world think. You're making your evaluation based on what your eyes tell you. And every once in a while, you'll see a four or five-star guy that for some reason Northwestern didn't offer. You know, I think of uh, there was an old lineman uh, from Marist that ended up going to Notre Dame um, signing, and, and we didn't offer him. And, um, you know, 
kind of scratch my head a little bit, but you know what? I have faith in coach Anderson. They know what they like and something wasn't there, you know, and, and that wasn't a guy that they moved on. So, you know, there are a lot of different reasons, culture, fit, performance, you know, whatever it might be. He definitely has his, uh, you know, type of player. Um, and, and, you know, even going back to that class with uh, Skaronsky, you know, uh, you know, a Preby and a, and a Rather, you know, those guys would have been, uh, you know, the, the stars of a class, you know, in, in previous years. And they're almost overshadowed. And then you follow that up, you know, with a Tiernan and, and, a, and a Thompson. And, and now you're really starting to build everything. And, you know, I'm very pro offensive line. I feel like, you know, you build the offensive line. Your quarterback's going to be better. Your running backs are going to be better. Guys are going to get open because he's going to have a little more time. So, to me, it all starts and ends up front. And, uh, again, Anderson, to me, has been a home run hire. And, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, Slater's going to be a high first-round pick. Skaronsky was a freshman All-American. Um, I think he's really done such a fantastic job. And I think we're poised to have an even better 2022 class. We were so excited when Anderson got hired into the into that, that role. And – I mean, a lot of it, frankly, was was predicated on the fact that Adam Cushing had struggled. Yeah. He was he was a good recruiter. He was obviously yeah. a really good coach, um, a valued member of the program, but he wasn't an offensive line guy. Having a dedicated, um, heralded offensive line coach who had been in, in multiple different positions and levels uh, throughout his career in Anderson, we were just really stoked about it. How quickly was it apparent on the recruiting trail the impact he was making because I mean, it, it, yeah. it wasn't long between hire and Skaronsky. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's, he's just got that type of personality. If you follow him on Twitter, you know, people just gravitate towards him. You know, how could you not love the guy, you know, every trench cats and NWO, yeah, I mean, everything, the NWO, right. I'm always, uh, you know, whenever anybody's, you know, uh, you know, affiliated with the O line, I'm always tweeting out, you know, uh, so Hulk Hogan and, and Dennis, Dennis Rodman back in the day, you know, and, and that's, and he's got a, he's got a shtick, he's got a handle. And, uh, you know, again, I think it's a brand, right. He's branding the old line, which is, which is brilliant. You know, those guys are wearing the shirts and um, they get after it. So it's a mentality. And I think it permeates throughout the whole offense. Yeah. It's, it's really cool to see. And like looking at, at this class, because, you know, the, the initial, uh, signing day happened kind of right in the middle of bowl prep for us. So we, right. we didn't really spend a whole lot of time talking about the early signing period. And now that we had sure. two more guys signed today uh, in, in the late signing period, two big names, uh, guys who huge, you know, not, were not on our radar going in. And then all of a sudden, you know, the coaching change at Tennessee and now Jordan Mosley is available and what we offered him, what, like the next day? Incredible. Something like that. And the fact that, you know, we're getting two big time wide receivers from Alabama and Mississippi to come to Northwestern, come to Chicago. I was, I was, it was not lost on me the fact that Mosley committed to <laughs> Northwestern when there was a 12 inch snowfall <laughs> happening blizzard. I'm like, okay, if we got this kid from Alabama who's willing to commit on the day that there is a 12 inch snowstorm falling, I think we're in good shape. So, so you're saying the fact that he couldn't make an official visit was a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be up in the spring. So <laughs> it looks a lot better on, on, uh, you know, on TV, but you know, I, I think if you think about it, you know, think about go back to maybe what was it, January 4th or, you know, right after the bowl game. If you start to, you know, think from the day Robertson Robertson committed until today, I mean, 
we were all kind of scratching our heads. You know, everybody's leaving. The, everybody's worried. What's going on on offense? And then you, you nail Helinski, you, you nail Robertson, you nail these two. I mean, it, it's incredible. I mean, I've never seen, you know, recruiting prowess like this at Northwestern. And, you know, Fitz has been saying that, you know, he, he said in the press conference, I recall, you know, the phone's been ringing off the hook. Recruiting's been great. And, you know, we hadn't see, we didn't see it, but, you know, he was telling the truth, you know, obviously that, there's so many people that are interested. And, and and again, we don't know how many people are interested that maybe didn't qualify academically with the transfers. There's so much of that stuff that goes on behind the scenes that we're not aware of. So, you know, they do have an extra layer that they have to go through, um, you know, to get somebody to qualify. But to get those four players to come in, um, you know, that and to get Malik Washington to come back. I mean, it, it really just changed the dynamic. I, you know, I, I was looking, you know, at, at the wide receiver room and I'm scratching my head saying, boy, they got some work to do. And, and they came through, you know, with flying colors. I mean, it, it's just amazing. Yeah. You talk about the, the wide receivers. It's funny. Talk about the wide receivers and, and you, you know, it's funny. You earlier, you're talking about tape. And um, you got to step back, step back and watch the tape. No, 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 not at all. I mean, you're you're talking to someone who I can divide my life into before I saw Venrick Marks St. Pius tape and after I saw Venrick Marks St. Pius tape. That was that was a pivot. That that was a pivotal moment. Or CJ CJ Johnson. Well, that was so the it's funny you talk about Johnson. You know, we were laughing. I was I was like, Johnson, I'm glad we got him. I, I feel bad because the you know, the, the Naval Academy's losing, you know, yeah. the future rear admiral of a carrier group <laughs> with this kid. I mean, it's, talk about a talk about a, a sterling student. Um, yeah, but he was I mean, but it is it is funny because you you watch someone like that and you're you're the tape is so interesting. because oh. It's so cut and dry if he goes to Navy. Because yeah. you're like, oh, he's a quarterback. He's a quarterback, yeah. Right, right, but if, but, right. but you know, for us, he could play three different positions, and I yeah. guess you know they're they're oh, yeah. wide receiver. But it's funny talking about Johnson and talking about Mosley gets to something that that we had talked about, you know, with you on Twitter, mm-hmm. and then we talked about a little even before the 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 pod, and it's such an interesting thing um, that Northwestern's always up against, and that's going to warm weather areas yeah. and selling warm weather kids who yeah. could go to a prime warm weather school on coming here. And, you know, we talked about it with, with the Austin Uke today, sure. you know, Stanford coming in and, and that's always the thing, right. And how uh, pulling in a guy like a Coco Azima was such a big deal oh, because yeah. he's from Texas and had the Stanford offer. Um, and it's, it's just interesting to, you know, I know that, you know, you know, again, without being specific, like you sure. have some warm weather expertise mm-hmm. and I'm curious, you know, how you've watched, yeah. you know, that kind of develop in Northwestern's ability to go into these reasons and pull in a guy like a Moses sure, or a Johnson. Sure. I, you know, I've always found the weather to be an excuse for something else. You know, I really, I mean, I guess there are some occasions where maybe it is, is it, is a big deal, but and I think of this uh, Connor Smith, I was um, the, the kid who just committed verbally committed the 2022 alignment for uh um, this year, he committed to uh, Michigan, and he complained about the weather uh, the, when he visited campus on Lake Michigan. And, and here's a kid from Colorado going to Michigan, and he was complaining about the weather at Northwestern. So, you know, it, it, you know, it just doesn't make sense. So sometimes I think kids look for a reason to say no, and that's just a very convenient way to bow out gracefully. You know, we can't control the weather. So, you know, and, and granted, I mean – if a kid chooses Stanford, how, how we can't really fault him, right? You know, I mean, it's such a terrific place. I mean, you know, kudos to him. Um, you know, 
when, when that happens, I, you know, I just kind of tip my hat and say, okay, you know, that's fine. Now, when I think back to, to Calvin Johnson, you know, when he decommitted from Navy or, you know, when the word got out that he was getting offers, um, one of the other sites, the 24 seven site, literally eight or nine crystal balls went up for Mississippi state. And, uh, you know, at first I was like, are you kidding me? You know, then I kind of delved in a little bit more. And so their mom was a doctor and the, you know, the strong f- familial ties, but you know, kids with 35 ACT scores playing big time division one football don't come along. I mean, how often does NU sign a kid that actually, uh, you know, a football player who raised the, the, the mean ACT score right. university, right? Of I mean, the student body. Yeah. Right. <laughs> ACT. I mean, that's, that's a four two forty if you equate that in, right. in the football terms. Right. So as soon as I saw that and saw that highlight tape, I'm just thinking to myself, this would be just a crime if this kid ended up at Mississippi State. So, you know, kudos to his parents, his counselor, his his principal, whoever it might be. You know, I know Duke was involved in some other, you know, good academic places. So, um, you know, I, you know, no knock on Mississippi State, but I mean, I think, you know, obviously I'm sh- sure they have great programs in certain areas, but a kid like that, you know, he needs to be at a place like Northwestern or Stanford or, or you know, someplace with an academic prowess then athletic uh, place to showcase his skills. So I, I, that, to me, he, he has been the most exciting recruit and probably the one that I'm, I'm you know, happiest for, because I think the, the staff just did an amazing job in, in such a short term, because we do go back and think, you know, some of these guys, they recruit for a year. I mean, this guy, you know, think about how quick it was and all the other schools that were involved. I mean, he had, you know, offers from, from all over the place, you know? So um, yeah, I just, I tip my hat and uh, got to tip our hat cap to uh, Dennis Springer. You know, I, I mean, here's a guy that's been a little bit maligned, you know, he seems to get a lot of uh, the brunt uh, on our receivers, but to get Robertson, Mosley and uh, CJ, um, you know, in, in less than a month, that's pretty darn good. Some, something's going right in that room. So kudos to him. And uh, obviously Bajakian for, uh, you know, instituting the offense. And um, certainly I see CJ, you mentioned him before, but I see him in that Kyrie McGowan role, right? With the, the jet sweeps and the, the end arounds. And uh, I think of uh, Flowers up at Boston College. I know he did a lot of that for uh, Bajakian as well. So uh, I'm sure that's what they sold him on. And uh, yeah, I mean, I could see a guy like that really making an instant impact even as a true freshman based on the class and, and what's in the wide receiver room. Flowers to me is the best comp just because not yeah. that Bajakian, I, I, I just, I think McGowan throughout at, at, as the year went on, almost kind of gave way to RCB mm-hmm. as the deep threat in the mm-hmm. offense. And not that they didn't know how to use him, but it just seems like they couldn't, they couldn't really unlock him and and right. the way that flowers was a, a engine for that offense. I mean, coming into this season, my, my perspective was that McGowan is the Swiss army knife that yeah. essentially is the pivot point, the focal point for this offense and, and, and his ability to be multiple was going to allow Northwestern to do a lot of different things. I think the time it took us to figure out the running back position probably trumped some of that. Mm-hmm, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Because in, 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 you know, you saw him on jet sweeps or other things where he just, he couldn't get outside because the defense right. was prepared. Right. And, and mm-hmm. didn't have other things they had to worry about. It's, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see if he can play that flowers role, who was a, a yeah. massive producer for, for sure. Boston college. The other, the, like thinking about Mosley on the other side of it, um, I was just looking up his height and I'm surprised he's only listed at six foot because in his tape, he looks gargantuan and, watching his video, I kept thinking Christian Jones mm. and I, like, I don't know. I don't know if, if you guys have a better comp um, just like 
it, it's it's worth pointing out this dude is on the cusp of four stars yeah. on rivals. I think some other other outfits have yeah, him as a four star player. A four star, yeah, he, he's yeah. the highest rated player in the class on twenty four seven. Wow, that's yeah. that's huge. Well, yeah. where, where do you highest see him tournament? fitting in, or is or is it? Is it too hard to, to, to project that right now just it with is, all the it, turnover? It is hard. Yeah, it's, it's just so hard. You know, receiver is, you know, a challenging position. Um, you know, we've traditionally seen our receivers take a couple of years to develop and then, you know, get to that next level of production. But we really haven't had a scenario where we've had so many guys graduate in one season too, right? So we're, we're losing quite a bit. So somebody's going to have to catch the ball, right? I mean, yep. obviously you've got the – the four from that one class that are all back. And obviously Washington and Kirk seem to be the, the two leaders there, but you know, Holman's a question mark health wise. Jefferson's a question mark health wise. Obviously Robertson is going to come in and he Robinson's going to come in and he's going to be a, you know, an instant um, impact. But I see these two guys definitely having the opportunity to, uh, to play right away. And um, you know, the other two guys that we haven't even discussed were are Donnie Gray and Jacob Gill. I mean, again, two more, you know, receivers that are coming in and that are going to provide depth and competition. And, you know, I think Gill might be the sleeper of the, of the entire class. You know, it's, it's interesting. He didn't play college, He didn't play high school ball this year. So, it, you know, you're just going off that, you know, the, the film uh, from last season. And, uh, you know, I liked what I had seen there. So who knows, you know, I, I think it's just nice to get some fresh guys in there and uh, increase the competition. And uh, hopefully we'll see, uh, you know, a lot more production out of the receivers. Donnie Gray, another in a long line of heralded players from Massachusetts that have, have made <laughs> yeah. uh, com, uh, impacts on, on Northwestern, kind of surprisingly. I'll exactly. take it. I'll take it. Exactly. You're yeah, eating, eating that Boston College lunch all day. Um, <laughs> the, so curious, you know, you, you talked about Gil, and, and that, that's a good one. And again, it's like we're our, our kind of feeling was there have been times in years past where we've kind of gone line item position by position. And we kind of don't really want to do that because we mm-hmm. figure we're, we're going to hit a bunch of guys anyway from this class that we already have curious again, going back to the, the tape com conversation and, and um, things you've seen and you've been on this class the whole way, yeah. you know, looking specifically at this class, anyone else who, you know, like uh, another position or another guy that, that yeah. on tape just jumps right sure, out to you. Sure. Sure. Well, obviously um, Tyus, right. Our, the running back from Michigan, you know, he, he just, it's always tough when you're a man amongst boys, right. So he just ran over <laughs> everyone, you know, he kind of reminded me of Bowser back in the day and his, you know, high school tape, he was just so far, you know, superior athletically. Um, but Tyus, I think is playing at a, you know, pretty fairly high comp- level of competition in Michigan. Um, he certainly looks the part physically, and I think he'll be able to come in. And, you know, obviously we've seen there's no hesitancy on the staff to give the ball to a true freshman. So, uh, you know, based on our depth chart right now, you know, I absolutely will see him, uh, you know, getting the ball. And then the other guy that it's kind of overlooked again, he didn't play, he didn't play uh, his senior year is uh, Mac uh, Uline, the, uh, the, the linebacker. Again, he, another four-star performer, um, you know, you know, I, I, I see him as one of those prototype Wisconsin type linebackers. I could have seen him up there, you know, blending in with that crew. And, and for us to get him, um, that was kind of a surprise too, because here's a kid, very, very little social media presence, presence, kept it very close to the vest, you know, no inkling whatsoever. And then all of a sudden you find out he's committed. So um, to see McGarrigal make that connection with him, um, I think that's, uh, you know, something to look for the future. I can really see him, you know, maybe not as a true freshman, but um, I think he's going to really be knocking on the door to make a, an immediate impact, um, you know, in the very near future. So he's somebody that I certainly love 
And then uh, you mentioned uh, Ore out of uh, Texas, the corner, and Theron Johnson, the other corner. Um, you know, a couple new members to the Sky team that uh, I think both, you know, one's a little bit shorter, one's a little bit lankier. And we know that, uh, you know, uh, Penn State made a real run at um, Johnson uh, on the early signing day. And we were able to hold off that snake oil salesman, uh, James Franklin, and uh, you know, got, him, uh, got, him, got him to sign. So I think those two are going to be, uh, you know, more depth and, and just blend right into that room and, uh, you know, the competition each day. And um, those guys are getting better and better. And, uh, you know, so I'm excited to see those two. Do we know if uh, Uline is, is playing this spring? Because Illinois football yeah. is happening this he, spring. He's an early enrollee, isn't he? Oh, did he? He's oh, January. yeah, you're right. That's you're right. right. That's, That's a good right. point. Because I was yeah. thinking the same thing. I was like, well, they're still going to get a couple games yeah. in. But you're right. Yeah. I think he's already right. Yeah. yeah. So the four are um, Sullivan, Tyus, Uline, and Jacob Gill are all on campus. Those are the four early um, signees. Rolling. Right. And honestly, it's the t- these token games that, uh, oh. that Illinois is going to roll out. Really, the guys who those are for is like the guys who are sophomores right now. It's like good. Yeah. It's like they get some tape. Right, um, right. But it's it's funny with the we line. We were, um, you know, you you mentioned almost the Wisconsin. Wisconsin, yeah. We're, <laughs> we're of we're of the feeling that those lines are about to get very blurry. Uh, <laughs> I think that um, what a Wisconsin linebacker looks like and what a Northwestern right. linebacker looks like are about to uh, those those two things are about to converge a lot more. Sure. Um, sure. But either but either way, I mean, we've talked about Jack Sanborn and the fact that there's yeah. a guy who could have been a star oh, yeah. at, at either school. Sure. And I think Uline's the exact same thing. Um, yeah. And then it, it is funny. Johnson is the classic example of a guy who you you get caught up in the Jordan Mosley's or the guys who are the absolute headliners of the Mm -hmm. class. And then you go back through and you're like, yeah, Theron Johnson picked us over Penn state and Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, Or a, you know, a Najee story who his offer Mm -hmm. list is insane. Um, And, and it's just like, there, there are a couple of these guys where you start looking and, you know, that was the kind of thing where, you know, we go back as do you, far enough to be like well who's you know if northwestern goes to texas they're recruiting against texas tech it's like texas tech you're gonna see (laughs) the guys all have a a texas tech offer and a northwestern offer um and that there are different amalgams for different parts of the country if you're going to florida the guys probably got a ucf offer or usf offer and then we kind of feel like we've watched that shift Mm -hmm. and i guess you've probably you probably feel the same way with some of these guys that you've seen that the teams we're going head to head with kind of evolve over time. Yeah. And, you know, I think Texas, we've got so many great relationships there. You know, remember when Fitz was on the recruiting trail as an assistant, you know, that was his, uh, you know, his state, he, he got so many great players out of there. Obviously uh, coach Ianni has some fantastic relationships down there over the years as well. Um, so I think they've just been able to really, uh, you know, develop that. And I think the best um advantage we have in Texas is that, you know, the really strong academic school or Rice or, you know, some of those places really don't measure up athletically, you know, so it's not like the ACC when you're looking at a Virginia or North Carolina that, you know, academically, I think are, are very strong, you know, but when you look at, you know, an Oklahoma State or, a, you know, Texas Tech, you know, some of those schools you mentioned, you know, obviously, I don't think they are, um, you know, in the same uh, you know, realm as a Northwestern. I think that Northwestern is a little bit, you know, above and beyond that. So if you're really finding that, you know, academic kid, I think there's a more likelihood to pull him out of, 
uh, Texas than maybe the mid Atlantic or, you know, the West coast or something like that. We have Cal and Stanford. So again, you know, every, every situation is a little bit different, but we've had some good success there. And uh, I think the ease of getting from Dallas and Houston into Chicago is, is helpful. So you know, just a lot of, I guess, a lot of Chicagoans, you know, transplanted down there. So, um, you know, and, and I think over the years, those relationships, right, that stability that um, that Mosley spoke about and, uh, you know, the coaching stability, you know, those coaches know fits down there. You know, it's it, it means a lot. So I think, um, you know, that keeping that and growing that is, is always, you know, beneficial for uh, for the Cats. So we, we haven't talked about him yet, uh, mm-hmm. but of course, in any in any Northwestern class, there's only one. And uh, <laughs> Brendan, Brendan Sullivan. Right. So, um, you know, yeah. next next year after Tyler Halinski. So, I mean, uh, Ryan Halinski so yeah. good that he bounces to the NFL draft in the first round, <laughs> you know, and we and we're looking toward toward the next round. You know, Brendan Sullivan um, is is and, you know, I kid, but yeah. he is the heir apparent to kind of the next generation. I'm curious what what you think looking at his tape. Yeah, you know, I I think there's a lot of untapped potential. Um, You know, I certainly, you know, defer to Bajakian. You know, they don't hand out quarterback offers left and right either. You know, there's a select group. And, you know, I think that's one of the um, other things that Northwestern does very well. I think they're very um, transparent with recruits. So if they hand out five quarterback offers, they're going to say, you know, the first one that takes it, you know, that's going to be it. And, you know, and then they're straight about that. So he jumped at it, um, you know, it was a little bit of a late cycle, if you will. Um, you know, he didn't throw the ball a whole heck of a lot in high school. So his no, he doesn't have those gaudy numbers. Um, so I think we have to rely a little bit more on uh, Bajakin's evaluation. We know he's a gamer. We know he's a competitor. You know, we know his dad. Um, you know, played at Michigan as an old lineman. So he's got that mentality. He knows what it takes to coach his son, right? You know, that type of thing. So, um, you know, I, I'm not that sure, to be honest with you. Again, I'm going to defer to Bajakian. Obviously, he's going to have some work to do. He's not going to be, you know, pressured to come in right away and contribute, I, I wouldn't imagine. So um, between him, uh, Richardson, you know, some of those young guys, we'll have to see how that works out. So, um, you know, you have to take a quarterback in every class. We got burned. You know, we, we know that that's just, uh, you know, good recruiting. Um, and it's a challenge. And you know, I think that's one of the things that held us back a little bit when when Thorson was, uh, you know, performing as a freshman and a sophomore. You know, I think schools, you know, kids like to know they're going to play. And, um, you know, again, it's just quarterback we could do a whole podcast just on quarterback you know it's just it's, such a different <laughs> animal. it's know, so funny at, at the risk of digging it's deep just, it's crazy right yeah I mean, it is I mean, I mean at the risk of digging deep right like yeah. that's the irony is that Holinsky I was about was to say yeah a huge northwestern target right? right and ended up you know Kale Millen yeah. took the offer Holinsky hey. goes to South Carolina Millen yeah. decommits both of them ended up in the transfer portal this <laughs> transfer transfer portal this this yeah. off season, which is um, kind of funny. It, it is interesting though because even though Sullivan might be the heir apparent, like Helinski's got what three years of eligibility, yeah, I believe. Yeah. Um, so he could yeah. be the guy for a period of time if he wanted to be. I, you know, I, I can't I can't let a quarterback conversation go by and not bring up the specter of of Hunter Johnson. Right, we were all. So excited about in that same year that Holinsky sure. and Millen passed through and, and, and matriculated to, to college, you know, I, just knowing that you do have some connections in the program, like what, what have you heard? What are you anticipating for, for next year with well, regard I, I, to, to, especially with Holinsky coming in and, and, yeah. and maybe being 
not as ballyhooed as as Johnson, but certainly the excitement around him is palpable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think the, the nice thing about Helensky is we have a little bit more of a body of work, right? We saw what he did as a freshman, um, you know, against Alabama, against Georgia. You know, it wasn't the spring game and it wasn't, you know, mop up duty. You know, he's <laughs> a true freshman. Uh, you know, I think, you know, I think he was on the road at Georgia, I think it was, or, you know, wherever, whatever the case may be, he, he was thrown into the fire and, you know, he didn't embarrass himself, but, you know, by any stretch. So he's, he's a little bit more battle tested than, than Hunter. Um, I certainly don't think the job is going to be handed to him. That's just not the way Fitz operates. Um, you know, I'm sure that he and uh, Johnson and, and Andrew, you know, Marty are going to have, you know, an opportunity, um, you know, to win the job. Uh, but I'd be surprised if it isn't Holinsky. You know, I really think that he has demonstrated, uh, you know, a great ability. And I think he just got caught up in a really weird scenario in South Carolina. I, mean, I know you guys mm-hmm. talked about that, you know, with the with Bobo coming in and bringing his guy in. And it, it just got kind of ugly, to be honest with you. Um, and you saw the response from the South Carolina fans oh, when, yeah. when he transferred. I mean, they, they love, they love that yeah. guy. You know, I, I've never seen anything like that. You know, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, that made me feel great that here's a guy that, you know, they, they were wishing him well and they were mad at their coach for not keeping him. And uh, so I, I, you know, I'm, I'm very bullish on uh, Helensky. I think he's going to be a great leader for the program. Um, and I would not at all underestimate the impact that he had in recruiting uh, Johnson and Mosley, you know, other guys from the South guys, this is a a kid from the sec that was successful. Hey, this is going to be my quarterback. You know, that he was talking to them and recruiting them. And uh, um, I guarantee you that that was a, you know, very impactful to be able to, to roll him out as opposed to, you know, what we had, you know, a couple of years ago. I wonder, and you bring that up. I wonder how big of a, and I think with social media more and more and more, but it seems like, you know, as the internet has expanded and like I say, social media and all that, how big of an impact do current commits have in bringing in the next, like helping to fill out the class? Oh, a tremendous amount. I mean, I think that's huge. You know, I think, uh, you know, they're bonding online, they're connecting and, uh, you know, I even saw Mosley posted uh, something like roommates, you know, uh, with him and uh, him and CJ today. So, you know, that that's a natural, too. And, you know, when w- whichever one decided first, I'm sure they were in the ear of the other one. So, um, you know, that's just that that's just good recruiting. And, and you, you, you know, you even see that on Twitter, you know, when a guy commits, you know, everybody's kind of following him now. And, you know, the, the quarterback will reach out and uh you know, that's why, you know, w- when you lose a guy like, uh, you know, what happened with Millen early on, it's, it's so detrimental because the quarterback is your guy that's your leader. He's the head of the class. You know, he's the one that's, uh, you know, reaching out and rallying the troops and, you know, looking for the old linemen and, and you know, getting them on board. And, um, you know, I think that, again, I, imagine the impact Kalinske would have had with a whole year. <laughs> you know, he did so great in just, a, you know, a month or so. But, uh um, yeah, so I, I, I think that that is huge. And I think the parents also, I think, uh, you know, parents connect, you know, that to me, the best recruiters we have are the parents. Um, if we could sign the parents, we'd have a top 10 class every year, you know, the parents, you know, when they're around fits and, you know, obviously things are a little different now without the official visit, but, um, it, it, the parents are, are always, you know, enamored and, you know, appreciate, um, you know, fits and what the program has to offer, you know, it's just getting the buy-in from the kids sometimes. So 
Um, we're always good with the parents and the other parents are our are, are best recruiters. So, um, you know, if there's a, a relationship with a school or something like that, where somebody, there's a recent graduate or whatever it might be, um, that's always a plus. Yeah, it's funny. You, you, you mentioned the parents, I think, earlier this season. We kind of had a midseason revelation um, when Rod Hurd was, was playing but not starting for us. And we suddenly kind of realized if he was at Michigan, he'd be starting. And that was kind of a, a thing for us where we suddenly were like, oh, yeah, Michigan's garbage on defense right now. Not a knock on herd, just that right. like he's a great player, but he's stuck behind this awesome, you know, depth right. from, you know, Greg chiefly. Right. But right. Um, and, you know, tweeted some things about about this, but like, hey, just so everybody knows, you know, there's depth. You don't even understand how good the secondary is right now, because yeah. Rod Hurd would be starting at Michigan if he was there. And Rod Hurd's dad coming back and being like, yeah, totally. But we made a you know, this is a business decision. He's preparing for the rest of his life and everything. Sure, and we sure. and we were just like, yes, absolutely. And it's like the parents totally get it. Even, yeah. I think, before the kids do curious, you know, to bring it back. I mean, Sam was kind of alluding to it, but mm -hmm. you're obviously someone with a really strong Twitter presence and you're someone who goes back, um, you know, well before, you know, Twitter was a thing relative sure. to the recruiting world, you know, how have, you know, you, you kind of alluded to it too, but, you know, mm -hmm. curious for you personally, how have you seen, you know, Twitter affect what you do affect the world of recruiting? How yeah. have you, you know, have you found you've been able to have, you know, you know, you, and again, you don't have to go into specifics, sure. but have, you know, meaningful interactions with recruits or with recruits, parents, and that, you know, affects your ability to, to kind of be yeah, effective yeah, on what you're trying I to do. I think it's, it's just, I, I think what I try to do is just extend the message from the coaching staff. You know, I don't interact directly. You know, I try not to do that. You know, I just want to, you know, spread the word when, when something good is out there, you know, I, I try to, you know, retweet it and get the word out. And, you know, there's, just so much happenings. News is breaking all the time. So when you, when you find something, you know, we saw Miser the other day is a perfect example, you know, Hey, he's got a, he's got a Northwestern offer. Nobody even knew, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, then everybody's diving in. Like you said, they're Googling, looking them up and you know, checking them out. And, I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know anyone who's done a deep dive you know, on this kid. We're, we're doing the analysis, but you know, I mean, I mean, it, it, it's just good fun. You know, it, it's a great hobby. And I, I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think there's, that much of an impact, but I, I think that, you know, I, I think I, you know, like to keep it positive. I think that I would think the negative does more harm than the positive does good. If that makes sense. You know, I hate to see, you know, I'm a, I'm a big uh, uh, follower of the, the wildcat report, you know, and, and, you know, I just hate when, you know, people are trashing coaches or things like that. And, you know, it just, to me, that's, if you're, if you're a fan, that's fine, you know, but, you know, have a little class and, and go about it the right way. And, um, you know, on, on loose site, you know, there's just some, there are really some tremendous posters there. Some guys that are so tuned in. I mean, um, especially on the, on the premium board, they have a, a, a few guys, um, go cats, go uh, Corby Coral Springs cat purple pile driver. These guys, I mean, They've got such great insight. Go, uh, go, you and you. These are all friends of, of ours. Yeah, Northwest. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, sure. you know. I mean, and and the, the the dialogue that goes on over there is very respectful. You know, people share their opinions, and um, 
you know, that that's the way I, I think it should be. I think if you're a fan, there's nothing wrong with questioning the coaching staff and, you know, questioning their decisions and things like that. But, you know, just go about it the right way. And, you know, if you're going to air the dirty laundry, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I think of the McCall stories and all that stuff, you know, to, to see that out there, it just, it doesn't help anybody, you know, at the end of the day. Um, but again, I, I have no problem criticizing the staff or, you know, anything like that, but just go about it in a, in a respectful manner. And I always try to keep in mind that, Hey, um, you know, a recruit might be reading this, their parents might be reading this and, you know, how might it impact them? And, you know, at the end of the day, it probably doesn't impact them very much, but you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be the cause of anything, you know, negative to harm the program. I just want to, you know, spread some positivity and, um, discuss wildcat football. You know, that, that's what I love. And, um, you know, that's a passion for me. Well, it's like in, in our, in our particular case, obviously we were <clears throat> certainly beating the McCall drum as loud as anybody. Oh, course, so I don't want to, we can't be disingenuous and be like, yeah, those people would take, you know, go at the coaches, <laughs> but but you know, but you go about it, you go it based actually, and oh, and yeah, well, that's yeah. Well, it's based in scheme, and, and right, you know. exactly. And I think to, to your point, right, I think when we had Louis on, you ask Louis, what's what's the negative of, of what you're doing, and it doesn't take him half a second to be like the boards, <laughs> <laughs> like, he'll be like, he'll be like, it's the you know, because to. To, to the point of what you were saying, right? It's like you have all those guys who do such a great job on those boards, but it <laughs> only takes a couple of idiots to just yeah. flamethrower the exactly. entire thing. And um, and you get those. And it's funny, of course, like we've even had, well, you know, during the season, we're usually putting something up week by week during the mm-hmm. season. And usually we'll look back to like our summer previews or something and repost yeah. the summer previews on the rivals board or something. And, you know, in, it's kind of like the worst, but also kind of for us the best because inevitably some like Nebraska fan will parachute into the board <laughs> and just just start something, and then things things just kind of immediately spiral from there. And all the guys you mentioned will kind of come to oh, our yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, etc. Um, I'm just kind of you know curious. We're we're going down. We're looking at you know some of the some of the guys that we haven't mentioned mm-hmm. curious if they're you know anyone else who, who we haven't talked about yet yeah who you're like sure. all right you know let's like this is someone who's jumped out to me yeah um, for one reason or another yeah lost Lawson albright um you know i think he's got potential to play as a true freshman also um you know with rain leaving i don't know if there are any plans on the on the transfer uh, front there but you know this is a kid uh nfl pedigree his dad's a coach um, knows what's going on, um, you know, as far as preparation. He's been pretty dynamic. Don't think he played as a senior either, if I'm, if I'm correct, um, North Carolina, right? Um, but again, um, you know, he was a guy, he had some great offers. Um, he was kind of under the radar and, uh, you know, he committed. And um, I think he's got a lot of potential. The film was there. He's one of, uh, you know, he's a prototypical pass catching tight end. He puts on a little weight, and I think, uh, you know, Bajakian's going to really, really, um, you know, uh, utilize his talent. So I, I think he could be a real – another steal, another solid, solid player. That's a pretty exciting one because I think the fan base in general is pretty um, pretty anxious about trying to get another tight end through the tight, mm-hmm. through the transfer portal. I, I mean, a, a guy who can start as a freshman is, is yeah. um, arguably just as good, I think – defensive end i know you know we talked about miser a little bit earlier but right. but maybe less defensive end and more like that true rush end outside linebacker that you might find in a three four mm-hmm. 
uh, scheme is, is the other position of, of, I would argue great need right now. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, this is where I wanted to, to focus a little bit, like looking at Aiden Hubbard, looking at, look at, looking at Najee's story, mm-hmm. you know, th- those two guys appear to potentially fit what you might like to see in, a, in an outside linebacker. Like how much thought have you given? We, we talked about Wisconsin a little bit earlier, right? right? But like, presumably Northwestern is going to see a change on the defensive scheme next year. I, I have been of the yeah. opinion that we were not a good fit for a three, four. Like when, mm-hmm. when Derek mm-hmm. Mason, the, the former Vanderbilt coach was on the market, there were people talking about, Oh, should Northwestern go after him as DC? And and my first thought was we're stacked a defensive tackle. Yeah. And we like, like shifting to a three, four is not the right thing for us right now. Cause none of those, none of those guys in our, in our, right. in our locker room are, are 300 bills. So you know, what, what, what are your thoughts on that front in terms of how the, the, the personnel is the personnel in this yeah. class helping us to, to make that shift? Yeah, that, that's a tough one. You know, I'm, I, I really, you know, I have a good answer for you on that. I, I think we should still have to wait and see. I mean, I would say it's, I wouldn't say it's a forlorn conclusion that O'Neill is going to switch the, switch the defense. I mean, mm-hmm. I would be, um, you know, pretty bold. Um, coming off of uh, this last season when some folks were really clamoring for McGarrigal and McPherson to take over the job. So I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, apprehension if that were to happen. Um, you know, like you said, the personnel maybe not doesn't fit and maybe they gradually ease in. You know, I would look for fits to have a bigger role, um, you know, on the defense perhaps, you know, in the first year as they transition to uh, to O'Neill. Um, but you know, I, I see a guy like Hubbard. He fits the prototype of, you know, uh, you know, Dean Lowry, some of those type of guys, or Tyler Scott, you know, um, you know, definitely going to put on some weight and, you know, an O'Rourke and McLaughlin, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily see him playing, playing, playing right away, but, you know, certainly has the potential and uh, story as well. I, I absolutely see story putting on more weight and moving inside. And, um, you know, I guess you could potentially kind of morph into a CJ Robbins type, uh, you know, defensive end, the big guy that sets the edge and maybe isn't, uh, you know, a pass rusher. I don't know if he has that uh, burst, if you will. I see him more of a of an inside guy. And even Meisner, you mentioned about, you know, I, I see the, you know, I see your point on defensive end, but we've had that tendency to move those guys inside on the long passing downs, right? Yep, so, on the cheetah package. Yeah, you move, move Tommy inside, you move up. Uh, um, Alex Miller, right? They would be, you know, inside. Even Gaz, Gaz, uh, Gaziano would move inside, right? And mm-hmm. you know, have the edge rushers, the the Grayson man, you know, outside man's outside, and you know. So again, I I think we've we've seen a lot of that type of stuff. And a, a guy we haven't mentioned also is Marty Long, who I just think just does a phenomenal job. is is very very under the radar. Um, goes about his business. Um, gets his guys to produce. Um, um, and I, I think, uh, you know, I think we're going to be fine there, but we just need to, you know, just keep recruiting. You know, that's what it is. It's, it, it's never ending. It's never ending. And it, it's interesting. Like we have the, this class is now signed and sealed, but even after all was said and done, Jeremy Miser announces he's hit, he's coming in via the transfer portal. We don't know how many open scholarships there are. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that is just kept really deep under the vest <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I get that, but like, yeah. Could there maybe be yet another addition or two to this team going into next season? By by my estimation, you know, nothing scientific, but I mean, I think we have plenty of room because you got to figure 
the four super seniors, if you will, don't necessarily even count against our numbers. Now, there might be a situation where Fitz and, and the way they think of it is, let's just get to 85, even including those guys, because assuming that next year you need to get back down to 85, that, you know, it, it and you can only play so many guys, you know, so, you know, to have extra guys, you know, I don't know how that's all going to play out, but, you know, with some of the attrition we had, um, you know, there's some question about a, f- a few guys, but, um, you know, I see anywhere from, you know, eight to 10 openings, you know, some of those could go to, some of those could go to, um, you know, walk-ons that maybe, a you know, a, a Mets gets a, a scholarship, you know, who knows? I know Ray Nero's on scholarship, maybe, but, but guys like that, you know, maybe could, you know, move up, maybe a few of them, um, you know, the walk-on, you know, that's something we haven't spoken, spoken about is the preferred walk-on program that is just uh, phenomenal right now. I mean, I never thought I would see the day, um, that we'd have so many impactful uh, walk-ons coming into the program. And it's such an integral part of what they're doing um, right now to see guys that t- turned down scholarships and other schools to come to Northwestern. It, it's just, it's just mind boggling. You know, um, you know the, the knock always was, well, it's a private school. How can you afford to go there? Um, but my understanding is that the university is, does such a great job with uh, financial aid and, and packages based on, you know, uh, FAFSA and all that type of stuff that, um, you know, some of those kids are, are getting in at, at very affordable rates. And if you're an outstanding academic uh, student and you're a little bit on the fence, why the heck wouldn't you take care, you know, take advantage of your athletic skill? I mean, that's what it is at like the D3 level and, you know, the Ivies, right? So, uh, I, again, I think the team has, has done a wonderful job in that area. But and I, any I, um, any that. names we should be we should be on the on the lookout for on that front right now, or is it just too early to tell? Yeah, those those guys just come kind of out of the blue, also, right? Well, who's the kid the other day that came on the on the playing the eight man football out in California? I think you know, they just you just never know. I mean, they're under the radar, so uh, you know, I imagine we'll have another kicker come on, you know, uh, to to walk on, you know, obviously. And then in the grad transfer, you know, area, you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, another linebacker outside, you know, defensive end. I can see another safety. I see a running back for sure, right? Mm. Three scholarship running backs right now, so. Um, I'd love to see a guy with a little bit of a wiggle, you know, somebody to catch the ball out of the backfield and, uh, you know, do some of that type of stuff to complement Porter and Tyus, um, maybe another safety to help, uh, you know, in the, on the back end, um, you know, might help with some depth as well. Cause we've only got, uh, Garner Wallace coming in. So, um, and he's going to have to learn the position. So I don't see him being an instant, um, you know, contributor, but, you know, again, I, I think they have plenty of room, um, you know, for four or five more transfers if they elect to go that way. But, you know, I, I think they need to get up to 85, right? They they need to have a full complement. I can't imagine that they were going into the season um, without a full complement of scholarship players. That that would never happen in the past. So um, we'll just have to see how that shakes out. So kind of in a, in a similar vein to what Scuzz was saying. I mean, obviously you're – I mean, we try to keep up with this stuff, but, you know, it's basically I think when it comes to recruiting expertise, it's Louie mm-hmm. and it's you out there for Northwestern. Um let's take a ever so brief look at 2022 um anybody who you're already gravitating for that mix of that mix of big guy where you feel like we're in it etc well i mean i i think if we went you know obviously running back i think ianni's a great recruiter but i don't think he's you know i tyus is is a solid player but i don't think he's brought in that five-star, four-star, just, you know, big-time running back. And I think he's really on a, on a few right now. 
Um, obviously, um, Singleton out of uh, Pennsylvania is one that, you know, he's recruiting hard. And then the one that really, really catches my eye is uh, uh, Brian Payne um, out of LaSalle High School, right? So we, we know that school pretty well. Um, Jeremy Larkin and, and Cam Porter. And this is another running back who basically has offers uh, pretty much everywhere across the country. Um, so he would be, a, a, you know, definitely a stellar one to, uh, you know, keep an eye on. And then as far as the local guys go, um, obviously Sebastian Cheeks um, at Evanston um, High School, again, being offered, you know, pretty much by everyone. Um, you know, Notre Dame's making a hard push for him. But, you know, to have a kid like that stay home, um, pair him up at, you know, linebacker with uh, Uline could be, you know, be really special. And again, you know, Fitz always says the recruiting starts and ends in Chicago. So Reg Florema, who's a, you know, a solid wide receiver, we just um, offered um, Deuce McGuire, a lineman out of Marist. So those guys to me are, you know, we, we really, um, you know, want to focus on them, you know, keep those homegrown guys um, in, in, in Evanston. Um, and then the quarterback, right? Quarterback is always, uh, you know, one that we're going to look at. So um, it seems like uh, the Wrangle kid out of Texas has a lot of attention um, focusing on him. And then the other one that's real interesting is um, Steve Angeli um, out of uh, Jersey, Bajakian's uh, old stomping ground. So he's been being recruited pretty heavily right now. Um, but again, quarterback recruiting is very, very interesting, right? So there's only one person, you know, you usually taking one in a class. So, you know, I know uh, Notre Dame is, um, you know, on him, you know, he goes to a, a Catholic school, you know, Bergen Catholic. So, um, you know, you would think that he might have already committed, but who knows, maybe they're slow playing him, waiting for somebody else. And, you know, the way those dominoes fall, you just never know the way it's going to work out. You know, Penn State already has a quarterback in their class, so they're out of, you know, so you, you just kind of have to let it play out and, uh, you know, you just keep recruiting. You just keep recruiting. You never know what's going to happen. And, heck, with this transfer portal, uh, you know, down the road, the more guys you can get on campus, the more relationships you develop, even if they don't choose you now, you know, you catch them on the rebound. And Holinsky's just the perfect example of that, right? Holinsky well, and Ramsey and, and yeah. I, I, yeah. I know it wasn't transfer portal, but even Hunter, like it's. Yeah, it's, his brother, right, yeah it's pretty funny to think back how poorly regarded Northwestern's offense has been over the last five or six years. And I think that we've, we've hit on these three transfer QBs, yeah. you know, three out of four years. That's, that's kind of wild. Absolutely. I guess, yeah, I guess, you know, one other thing. Um, and again, we don't want to keep you too long here, but sure. one, one other thing that um, just, you brought it up and it, it's something that, it goes back to something that we've talked about before we've written for the website on it. We talked about Stanford earlier. Mm. There's really no bigger barometer than Notre Dame. Right. Um, I mean, we've gone head to head on so many different recruits, sure. you know, sure. you know um, and even, you know, the lore and we were talking, you know, earlier about you go all the way back to Fitz and, you know, Fitz right. isn't Fitz there, you know, Fitz, it was really probably a Northwestern or, or a Georgia Tech, but you know, that Notre Dame thing was there and sure. and and that they they were always lorded over this region traditionally. And now we're to the point where you can look at any Northwestern class and see guys who've had Northwestern, I mean who've had Notre Dame offers. And we were kind of running that a lot of times now that used to be something you'd shiver. If you look right. and you saw that a guy we were recruiting at a Notre Dame offer, now we kind of look at it as a positive barometer because we're like, look, right. chances are that kid's probably looking for an elite education and mm -hmm. and we're in it. 
as much as yeah. Notre Dame is. So curious how you feel, how you've personally watched that evolve. And if there are any particular yeah. guys you think of when you think of that. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're tough. I mean, they're an 80 pound, hundred pound gorilla, you know, they, they are very difficult, you know, especially for, uh, you know, kids out of a Catholic high school, you know, and, um, it, it's not, it's not an easy sell, but they can't take everyone. You know, that's one of the things that you have to keep in mind. You know, I think back to, uh, you know, a Cullen Coleman, right. When he was being recruited, you looked at his offer list. He, he had, you know, Alabama, you, you name it, you know, but the way things shake out, you know, be just because you have an offer, at one point in time, doesn't mean you're always going to have a committable offer. You know, a school's going to say, hey, we're taking, you know, two inside linebackers or, you know, three wide receivers. So, you know, you just kind of have to, you know, roll with the punches and, and stay in contact, develop that relationship and, and see how things shape out. You know, uh, again, it's challenging when it comes down to when you have to make a decision. But, um, you know, I think Theron Johnson's a great example, right? We established the relationship. We uh, maintained it. Um, Notre Dame came calling, made the offer, and uh, we were able to hold them off. You know, I, I think that is the way you have to do it. You have to uh, evaluate up front and, um, you know, find those diamonds. And I, I think, quite honestly, that's one of the reasons Fitz is a little bit, you know, close to the vest on some of that stuff. Because as you start to follow recruiting, you'll see a little bit of a trend where uh, Nor Northwestern offers somebody. Um, and, uh, you know, lo and behold, a few weeks later, uh, another school might be offering them as well. You know, so, you know, this is kind of doing that. You know, they schools know that we do such a great job vetting um, players that, um, you know, we, we do their work for them in some instances. You know, they're obviously going to do their, their own vetting, but if they see that, okay, Northwestern's already cleared them, then they know there's not going to be any academic issues, right? So that's always, uh, you know, something to, to keep in mind. And, um, you know, that that's just, just the nature of the beast. You know, we want to be competing with them, right? That, that's got to be the mentality. You know, if you can't, if you can't beat them or can't play with them, then, you know, why would we be recruiting them? So. Well, we could talk about this all night <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and definitely don't want to take up much more of your time. Um, sure. Tell, tell our, our listeners, where can they find you? Um, obviously, you know, it's, your yeah. online presence is tremendous and you know, where can we yeah, find you? So we're, uh, we're at, um, NUFB recruiting. Um, again, we're not affiliated with the, with the program. We're just a fan site. Uh, we try to, uh, you know, retweet and, uh, you know, share good news and, you know, identify prospects that uh, look promising. And then uh, obviously the uh, the Wildcat report with, uh, you know, all the good stuff that's going over there kind of ties in um, to you'll see a lot of the, the posts and the tweets, uh, you know, over there as well. So, you know, between the two, um, we I don't necessarily have much dialogue on the um, on the Twitter feed. The dialogue is going to take place uh, more so on the on the boards, um, but certainly, you know, I like to dialogue with Westlock pirates so you know on, on Twitter, <laughs> always, uh, <laughs> now that you guys are there and the, and that lake the post guy he seems to be uh, uh <laughs> yeah tell tell us more about yeah, him he's trying to rub, get in on the action too now huh yeah i don't know these newcomers always want to come <laughs> in <laughs> yeah you have, you, have, you have one flotilla and you think you rule the world you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, hey, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to come on with us tonight, yeah, guys. It was, it was an absolute pleasure, and uh, maybe we'll do this again uh, next year, huh? Absolutely, sounds <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, we we'll appreciate it. We'll go, Cats. Go, Cats. Thanks, Thanks so, so much. Go, Cats. Cheers, Coach. Well, once again, you can find him at NUFB Recruiting. Um, 
just such a great conversation and that was that was awesome that was really really great some really some really detailed knowledge i mean you can just like he he knows the landscape um the 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 players histories the you know those who are sons of coaches the high school relationships like he's just you know it it takes years to build up that kind of perspective um and uh yeah no we just we we appreciate the knowledge it is. He's. This is someone who, like, again, we talked with him for an hour. I feel like we could have talked with him with for five. I mean, th- this guy had stories, you know, that we were talking back and forth on that didn't even make it on the pod. I mean, just, just awesome. So definitely, you know, can't wait to have him back at some point in the future. It's just funny. I, I realized we, we hit so many things. Um, I, I did just want to briefly go over the, the fact that during, you know, during signing day, the actual drama as it played out because I think we alluded to it a little bit um, just to, for anyone who, who didn't know. I mean, obviously we talked big time about Mosley and about Johnson and then um, Uke only because this is something that I think we all watched. Um, yep. And this is, it was a hat dance. It is the third Northwestern hat dance. I can cite the second I watched live um, on online. So wait, who's the um, who's the third? Because Ifadi is the other one I can think Afadi of. is Afadi is the first, and the common thread between the two online ones is they did not go well. Jarrell Brock was <laughs> oh, the other one. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, and oh, God. yeah, I know, I know. And that one, I will say, that one came out of I, that one sideswiped me with yeah. the Iowa State, but but this one, um, just to, to watch it, it was quite a thing, um, and. Again, it's always special to see USC, Texas, Stanford, and a Northwestern hat. And that Northwestern hat he had up oh, there was a prime. pretty, a pretty hat, the, a very pretty. The only one of the four that did hadn't like like sagged and collapsed. Yeah. Like, good work, yeah. Under Armour. Good work, <laughs> it was, good work, it Northwestern. Was, it was a yeah, it was a fit. Yeah, he had it up there, and um, and you know it didn't quite go our way. And and you know we we talked all about this at length with Coach, and you know, but the. It to see that up there to be in a dance like that again. It, it goes to everything we're talking about. That 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 um, these are moments that would have been not undreamed of ten years ago, and and here we are. You know, and I think we all feel like we were a whisker away. So yeah, it was it was awesome. But just wanted to to, to go over that. That was the one thing that didn't break for us today. But aside from that, you, you can't complain about this class. But I mean, the, the past few years, we've been just we've slept through this day because it hasn't mattered because our entire class <laughs> right, has been right. you know signed and sealed right. on the early signing day. So like the fact that we were in the mix for some guys here, like there was some uncertainty going into today. That's a, that's cool. That's a really cool place to be. Well, and too, like the the thing about like you know yes. COVID plays a big factor, but the bottom line is like in the case of Mosley, Tennessee fired their coach and he was looking for somewhere to go. And he was like, Ooh, I can go to Northwestern. Wow. Like that was, you know, like that's how it played out. So it's, it's, um, and yeah, the thing about being playing right away, but you're talking about, you know, Northwestern's in the, in play for guys who transfer. So yeah, to your point, exciting day that we weren't expecting and so glad that we could have coach on and uh, and hash the whole thing out. Well, and well, as as the resident numbers guy, do you have to you know hit on the class rankings real quick? Like, real quick. So Northwestern's class ranking is never that great, um, and it's because it's because we don't graduate or lose a ton of guys early, right? So we don't and we don't and we don't gray shirt. Yeah, right. and so we don't have as many spots open. When you look at the average quality of our player. Northwestern did pretty well in 24-7 sports. You've got, 
you know, the, 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 the big four, if you will, in the conference. Um, and then Northwestern is right there, you know, within a point. Uh, they, they do a point system, so it's a little harder to, to – it's not like average stars, but we're right there in the mix with Maryland, Nebraska, Iowa um, in that in that sec- – Minnesota in that second tier um, above the likes of Michigan State, Rutgers, uh, Purdue, Illinois. So, you know, um, solid if not spectacular on the – on the numbers front, but as we've seen so many times before, like this, this staff, and, and we talked a lot about the longevity of the, the coaches and how it's, it's, this is about them evaluating in these individual players and, and finding the fit and the types of guys that they want. It's not about, you know, a star rating that, that leads them to offer a guy. So, um, but it's nice to see the numbers kind of confirm that, that, you know, Northwestern is, uh, continues to, to, move in the right direction, right? Like we're, we're not, we're not breaking in that Ohio state, Michigan, Penn state, Wisconsin territory yet, but we are sitting right there with the conference competitive, uh, and, and, you know, in, in lockstep. Well, if, if we can't elevate our recruiting a little bit more, we'll never be a top 25 team. <laughs> you know, I, there, I, oh. I'm just saying, I was looking at the upcoming ranking. I didn't see us ranked, so clearly we're I doing mean, something wrong. I mean, wrong, Nebraska yeah. won a national championship, right? Like, based on their <laughs> day, recruiting rankings? Day one, uh, I mean, well, Nebraska won two in the 1990s, uh. Scuds, I'll have you know. So, <laughs> and, another, uh, really, and another three and really, since Scott Frost yeah, got there, and right? Really, oh, yeah, and yeah. really, that's all that matters, right? No. Uh, but, yeah. And anyway, we again... Just like we could have talked with Coach all day, you know, forever about recruiting. We could keep talking about this forever. But, uh, but yeah, no. But there's even one story, right, that's well, an even bigger deal. Yeah, and, and before we get there, um, obviously there's, there's news on the basketball front. Uh, good news for the women, bad news for the men. We'll watch into- the women. Go watch the yes. women, everybody. It is so <laughs> much goddamn fun to watch that team play right. basketball. They are right. awesome. They're, they're right. amazing. And, like, they're getting on Big Ten Network a lot which is so cool to see. Um, and we'll talk more about them next week. But uh, one big piece of news dropped that I think caught everyone you know, at, by surprise. I mean, we figured this might be coming sooner or later. Um, I know we'd all been holding out hope for quite some time. My, my future productivity flashed before my eyes. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's when EA Sports announced that they are beginning work on bringing back uh, NCAA college football uh, for, you know, for the PlayStation, Xbox, whatever platform is out there. And it was really funny to watch Twitter just explode when that happened. And people like talking about all their old dynasties and, you know, how, how you create, you know, what kind of colleges did you create? Who did you play with? Why did you play with certain teams? Um, I, I know we, we all have. I love that you're using the past tense here <laughs> as if there's none, none of us still do this today. So what you're still playing 14. I so let's put it this way. Anytime a new system comes out, PS4 and then PS5. They're like, look at the graphics. Here's here's the new processors. And I am the one who just like. Is it backwards compatible? That's all I care about. Because I'm the guy who still has his PS3 just so he can play NCAA football. Because they never made it for the PS4 and the PS4 is not backwards compatible. So I am that guy. I still have my PS3 just so I can play 
NCAA football. And no, it's not 14, it's 12. Because for whatever reason, I didn't buy 13 and 14. Then when they stopped making them, I was like, well, now what's the point? Like, they're not, they're, they're, there's no new one coming in. But to Scuzz's point, if suddenly it jumps up to 22 and I'm playing, or 23 and I'm playing an 11 years outdated game suddenly, then it will be, then it will be different. But yes, no, still have my PS3 just, just for that. It just has one game in it all the time. Do you play as Northwestern? Uh, I have. I have, I have, I always have, like, if it's football season, I will have a dynasty going that I'm always playing intermittently. And it's Northwestern or a created franchise at some Slippery point. Slippery rock. But, I mean, it, it should go without saying, like, what are we talking about here? Like, either I'm playing with a team that does not exist except in my own mind or I'm playing with Northwestern. Like, give me a break. Um, and, of course, like, I, I should say, and, you know, not shade, but shade. I'm forced to play with the Adidas era Northwestern mm. and not the Northwest, not the Under Armour era. And that's, that kind of hurts I, anytime. John, I totally forgot. So I, 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 I need to, I need to tell a story about, about your sickness um, in this, in this, in this space. <laughs> I was waiting, but I know the story you're yes, going to tell. <laughs> um, but I, you know what? I forgot about how obsessive you were about the uniform combos. Um, oh goodness! And the attention to detail on designing the unis for for your teams, but the the I will never ever ever forget walking into your into your apartment uh, uh, on 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 two 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 one three Ridge, and you describing to me how you you figured out that if you don't rush defensive linemen, the computer doesn't block. There's like a shortcut. <laughs> and so you can bring a linebacker through a non-blocking offensive line and basically get a sack on every single play. And I, so like play, play editor was, was like a critical feature uh, of, well, of this game back in the day. Well, what's funny is, is I've never played, I haven't played Madden since high school. And the the whole thing that of course everyone always criticizes about Madden is that they just rearrange the deck chairs every year and pull out some new flashy feature um, and we even joked about that because EA Sports was kind of doing that back in the day for a while and all of us diehards would basically be like what features can I augment the stadium in Dynasty mode that's what I'm looking don't and instead and instead we'd get like you can run the Boise State lateral play now and it'd be like don't care don't <laughs> care and that's and to the funny thing too is like on one hand yes it is funny that the game that I still have in my PS3 has like Dan Persa and Jeremy Ebert immortalized forever in video game form um but on the other hand the way that so many of the diehards talking about who were on the Twitter sphere talking about it, like the athletes of that particular year of the game don't really matter that much because to a lot of these people playing these dynasties, it's like, well, you know, you're recruiting your own fictitious guys within like a season or two, you know, and it becomes, which is, I think probably EA realizing that has a lot to do with how they're able to roll this out because they're like, look, people want to run their dynasties and if they really want to, they can edit all the people and make it like they're in the online community will fill in the gaps, but there's no need. It's not like, you know, it's not like Madden where it's like if Lamar Jackson's not in the game, like no one's going to play. Like it's just, you know, 
different. That's a um, really that's a really good point. You can roll that thing out with totally fake players. You just you just right. I guess you have to be careful that you don't accidentally accidentally do something. I forget there was a story about a Northwestern player. It was King Coulter. Was it King? Yeah, it was King Coulter. Who was, who was, who was, who like, was like a white white red redhead. Hair. Yeah. Yes. Right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Oh my god! And, and you wonder why he got involved with the unionization. Yeah, and, seriously. Yeah, right. like, not <laughs> only did they steal his likeness, but then they jacked it all up. Well, it's funny because at the exact same, the exact same era, and and we tweeted this out, you know, yesterday. Um, but it is one of our all-time, you know, the when we years ago when we had Jacob Schmidt on the pod for several reasons, it ended up being a hysterical podcast um, for several all-time reasons. Um, one of which, the, the most famous, famous to us being that he was the passenger, he was on his phone and he was the passenger in a vehicle that for some sort of taillight infraction or something was pulled over by the police while he was doing the pod with us, which is just to this day is one of the funniest things ever. I think at the time it probably wasn't he, for them, he, but he and it, somebody else on the team, they were moving. Yeah, they were moving. That's right. And, and, uh, he was doing on his phone in the passenger seat of the car while the guy was driving to wherever they were moving. And yeah, there was probably, it could have been for like a loaded up, you know, bed of a pickup or something like that. But, but the other funny thing that we got to in that pod was that, uh, I'm not going to say inexplicably. (laughs) I'm just going to say it it. it was, it was a choice that, that NCAA made. It was a, it was a capital C choice. Uh, to give Jacob Schmidt 93 speed. And that was such a thing in that game that jumped out that when we had him on the pod, I couldn't risk bringing him up. And he was really funny about it. But he did mention that he didn't play the game, but a lot of guys in the locker room did. And it definitely came up when the game came out. And it was like, you know, that was, it it was hilarious. And, And, you know, it's, you know all the serious stuff where it's like those are that's all well and good. You can't have all these guys likenesses in the game if they ain't getting a cut. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if they are getting a cut, great. And if if that's something that's negotiated and and these guys get paid for it, great. Otherwise, just you know give us number fifty five or whatever, or feed us fake names and uh, and let people play their dynasties. But yes, it'll it's it's the honeymoon phase now when we're all super excited about it. And then the minute it's out, people are going to tear it to pieces. Of course, of like, course. But so so much time has passed. What current rule do you want to see? And, and I've seen a lot of people doing this online. But what current rule would you want to see in the game? Um, you know, do you want to have like a dentist chair that you can coach from in the up in the press box? Or <laughs> you mean you you might gonna have Hugh Freeze's massage bed that comes from? Yeah. Is that what you're asking? <laughs> I, yeah. I well, I, I think for me, I, I would love to see, and I, I saw a lot of people saying this online, but like cheating, like you can cheat or you can do <laughs> recruiting violations, but you might get caught. Oh my gosh! I feel like we need to get uh, John Walsh, friend of the pod, on to come tell us about his midway, his days working at Midway Games. What was that NFL? Was that NFL that. Blitz, Blitz Two? NFL Blitz. NFL Blitz. Yeah. The league. The league. That That's was, right. The league. Where you could do absolutely anything you wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, I. So for me, this is the thing that I never understand. And there was so like way back in the day, ESPN briefly was the Pepsi to EA's Coke. 
and was creating some rival college football, but a college basketball games that were doing some things really well and they were selling them cheap. And instead of like, in effect, being like, oh, we have to make a better product now. EA made the godfather offer to the NCAA and just was like, ESPN, you don't get to make video games anymore. It was like, instead of instead of the consumer winning, EA won. But there were, but there were features in these games that I'm talking, you know, a 15-year-old game now, or, or maybe not even that old, but close, where you could do things in in uh dynasty modes that you can't do in like a madden franchise now and basically it's like if you ask me like what i'm looking for like i want to be god in my dynasty literally god right if you win five national titles in a row the stadium should just be whatever you want it to be you know what i mean if you're like you know what i'm gonna need the boosters to put up another one billion dollars because uh we're gonna put three more floors on the stadium and there's gonna be like you know a stadium club and uh yeah at that point i get to totally redesign the uniforms be like oh no it's uh Sorry, like, you know, sorry, Notre Dame, your colors are purple and white now because I've won enough titles that I just get to. De- there should be no ceiling uh, on that. You know, that's that's what I'm looking for. I'm I, I demand my godlike status. I mean, come on. Someone was talking about um, where's every someone like spamming the option back in the day so they could win like 120 to nothing in a game or whatever. It's right. It's like that kind of godlike status needs to extend beyond the game, you know. I feel like that's what people want, but it's, you know, I don't I don't want, you know, we're making sarcastic jokes about you you won't get that, but you'll get look, you can do the North Texas punt return where the guy looks like he's fair catching, but he never actually fair catches and then he runs with the ball. It'll be like a gimmick, but I don't know. Prove me wrong, EA. Prove me wrong. If I could ask for one thing, it would be figuring out the AI such that, because basically, so in the old game, right, there were four four difficulty levels, and I could go up to difficulty level three, and I was I've never been that good at video games, but I could go to difficulty level three, and I would just I would own. But when you went from three to four, it became virtually impossible. In all the stupidest in ways, the stupidest right. ways, like you would just fumble inexplicably. The 300-pound defensive tackle could chase you down from behind with your, you know, your your 99-speed receiver, like like dumb crap. There's there's got to be a way to make it more difficult without making it totally unrealistic and outlandish. And I would love for them to have to to find a a the the right happy medium there. And and maybe this has already been achieved in Madden or other or other franchises otherwise um but i know go online and, and look I, at how people feel about Madden. yeah i, I imagine that the answer to that is no <laughs> yeah that was in fact someone i think someone i don't know if it was one of our winning cures everything guys or someone else for i saw like carry on johnson of all people had a tweet that was getting a lot of traction where he was like if they put this out and it's madden we riot <laughs> or something like that and i was like amazing amazing <laughs> I, I'm just bummed I found out that, uh, or at least my wife has informed me, that uh, I am not allowed to write off a PS5 as a work expense for this podcast, 
which is oh please we've talked about it more than enough that's just that's that's a tax credit yeah, at this that's, point that's I what i'm saying just, right convince my wife about that but uh in any case um anything else to mention before we get out of here guys just go watch the women's basketball team. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. like the game against Ohio State earlier in the week was so entertaining and, and so much fun. And like the, the it's worth mentioning like Courtney Shaw, who was the most experienced frontline front court player for Northwestern um, has been injured. I think she's in a walking boot. She's missed the last three or four games. She might miss more time. You are seeing Paige Mott and Anna Morris, two freshman front court players, develop like in front of your very eyes. And like the defense that Mott played the last two games against, um, I mean, like her her positioning against Iowa's uh, best frontline player, who who basically didn't miss for three quarters of the game. Like Paige, it wasn't because Paige Mott was playing bad defense. She was playing incredible defense, and Susano just wouldn't miss. And then against Ohio State, a team that really outsized Northwestern. She was, again, exceptional and really caused Ohio State problems. Like, like it's been Pulliam and Burton and a bit of Sidney Wood all year, and rightly so, but we are seeing some of the younger players develop right in front of our eyes, and it is just it's a joy to watch this team play. Like, when Lindsey pulls up for a mid-range jumper, and it just it makes that, it makes that perfect sound – when someone shoots the ball really hard at, 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 at the net and it just like the, the, the whack of the net and like it's it is picture perfect basketball right now to enjoy. Well, uh, let's go ahead and leave it there for tonight. Uh, head to our website, westlotpirates.com, where you can leave comments and questions. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at westlotpirates. And you can always email the show, westlotpirates at gmail.com. Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern athletics. Look for us in the west lot of Ryan Field flying the red pirate flag because we give no quarter, especially for fourth. For John McComb and Eric Skazbo, I'm Sam Walter. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.